Welcome to the Tourism Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's episode is the last of our series on travel photography and virtual reality. And I'm very excited to chat to our guests who are experts in the field of VR and e-tourism. It's quite an interesting topic and it is important to note Last year already, the global virtual reality market size was valued at more than $10 billion. It is also predicted in the near future, VR videos will become the ultimate tool in tourism marketing and travel planning. In this episode, we'll talk about how this specific technology can be used to revive the tourism industry and ways for small tourism businesses to actually adopt virtual reality. Albert Pogosian, the founder of 360 Stories, is our special guest today. And Prof. Roman Eger, who is the head of the Department of Innovation and Management in Tourism of the University of Salzburg in Austria, is going to join us to answer our listeners' questions. Albert, welcome to the Tourism Entrepreneur Podcast and thanks so much for making time for us. I will start with the first question, my favorite. It's how did the 360 stories idea come up yes absolutely i would love to My, myself i'm from technology 20 years developing web and mobile and many travel uh, experiences as well uh, I, i i start using vr ar like really six years ago mm-hmm. as a technology we partner in, it was a google at the beginning and we have done a lot of projects mm-hmm. and all of the projects were very you know one-off marketing activations We were thinking, okay, this new technology and this new content should be really used in a practical manner that people can use daily. Mm-hmm. And that's where we thought about um, travel as a good uh, way how to improve the travel experiences with VR AR. And when we were just starting the call, you said that uh, most of the people in travel are very afraid of VR mm-hmm. because they think it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. So in reality, what we thought is that VR is much cheaper than any alternative. So what we have done, we have started understanding why travel is not using videos, because videos are showing the experience very, you know, uh, very precise, like you can understand with video much more than just photos. Mm-hmm. And when we asked this question, everybody said like, yes, uh, video is converting more customers, it's much better, but it's so expensive. like. Uh, mm-hmm. Making a normal video would cost you like $1,000, $2,000 because you need professionals yes. with artistic background and uh, an experience, a couple of years of working. And compared to that, the VR or 360 that we actually use, the technology that shows you all around, mm-hmm. do not require any artistic background. So you, Vanessa, can become a professional videographer in Johannesburg within one day of our training. We just show you a couple of videos and call with you and you can become professional in that. Yes, and I was talking about the pricing side because there seem to be a lot of gadgets involved in the in the process of creating VR content. You have to think about the goggles, the softwares. So that's why for most people, it looks like there's a lot of work involved. But it seems like your products, your solution is actually time and cost effective. So Albert, can you please walk us through the process from the moment I get on the 360 Stories platform? Awesome. First, you will go to pricing page and yes. there's a special registration for partners. 
-hmm. So once you register as a partner, what you can do, you can film your own experience with 360 camera and it's not super expensive. It's like a 400 bucks. Mm -hmm. But once you film it, you upload it from your dashboard and we will do all of the rest. So basically, let's imagine you have a walking tour or you have an uh, adventure taking Manjaro. Mm -hmm. You can take the 360 camera with you whenever you do the real thing. You can film it because it's super easy and cheap. And once you upload it to our dashboard, we'll prepare a super nice teaser video showing exactly what the experience looked like. This video can be embedded on your website, like a YouTube video. Yes. And then you can kind of show the experience from your website and convert. But right now, because of the COVID, we are building something else. So imagine now you can do virtual live tours inside those videos. So we are creating a new platform of virtual live uh, tourism where people can join in a similar environment, like uh, inside the VR. We can see each other and talk to each other. Everything runs from browser. And then we can meet the local person, let's say from Namibia. Yes. And then the local person will take us to the different places virtually and tell us the story of the places. Wow, that's great. I can't wait to see the new platform, the new offering. Oh, but I had a question though. Um, now that you mentioned Namibia, um, there are a few countries I was looking for on your website, but they did not appear. So I was wondering, um, are there any restrictions linked to your offering or can we use it anywhere in the world? Yes, unfortunately, we don't have a content from Africa. That's why there's no uh -huh. Africa on the list. So you can be, an, and any, anybody listening to this podcast can be the okay. first one to start it. Okay. So I'm welcoming people to join. It's really simple. And if you are struggling right now without the travelers, mm. we can help to solve this to uh, corporate teams and, and the educational even uh, verticals where you can make quite good of money. Wow, okay, I'm actually take you up on that offer. <laughs> so, Albert, my next question is, do you feel or do you um, think that virtual reality will ever replace physical experiences? I don't think it will replace and it's not required, but it will be used as a teaser. So mm -hmm. basically, if I am looking to fly to uh, Cape Town and I want to find a guide who will help me there, mm -hmm. we can join live. You can tell me and show me all of the places you can take me. Mm -hmm. And then I can, you can choose and I can understand if you were the right person to go with. So basically, if you will show me all of the most interesting stuff that I am interested in, and it's nice to meet you. So it's kind of a tool to show around, show your customer like uh, what to select, where to go. Mm -hmm. and then sell the real tools. Mm. And any upcoming plans you like to share with our listeners, Albert? What is next for 360 Stories? Well, so we are working on this virtual live tours. Mm -hmm. So we are making it more immersive and more gamified. So that's what we're working on. Basically, we are doubling down on virtual as of now, because we don't know when the travel comes back. Yes. Let's say next year some, sometime. So once the terminal comes back, we'll have even a mobile app coming up so you can explore things on the go with the local live guides as well. 
Wow, that's amazing. So we'll be patiently waiting for the 360 stories app. My last question, Albert, what is the main piece of advice you will give to new or aspiring tourism entrepreneurs? <sighs> for the travel entrepreneurs, I would advise to look for the new experiences because once travel comes back, it will be different type, different type of travel yes. and there will be a lot of issues that need to be solved. And if you can find those issues right now and start working on them, the time when the travel comes back, you can beat up TripAdvisor or anyone else like really dominating right now in a travel because you can be more adjust and more to the to the real pain points at this moment thank you so much albert thank you so much for your time for your precious insight and your advices guys for more information about 360 stories how to create content for them and the offers please visit 360stories.com so we've been receiving a lot of questions via email and on social media and to help us answer those questions we are welcoming prof roman eger of the university of salzburg in austria prof eger thank you so much for making time for us um i know you're very busy and i'm going to jump quickly to the questions we received the first one is from Emily R and she is asking why are so many people only get only paying attention to AR VR now although it's been there for a while and I think that's a great question I also wanted to know um, can you please give us a brief history of virtual reality okay well, the idea of virtual reality uh, goes back to uh, the 19th century, actually, um, where people built kind of installations where you could look through and then get to see something like a panorama view. Um, so the idea of VR is is, is quite old. Um, and then um, I would say about uh, the mid of the 90s, um, VR has been around and also um, people from the industry, from the tourism industry, try to uh, adopt virtual reality. Mm. Um, as with every technology, it's a matter of um, of hardware and software. So this is actually the technological advancements and the developments in this field um, are currently at a stage where we can see uh, a, a real driver to the market that uh, adoption is increasing. So it's, it's especially the, um, on the one hand side, the technological development, on the other hand side, uh, the acceptance of people. So it's always a question of technology acceptance, which mm -hmm. goes hand in hand, of course, with the techno technological development. Mm -hmm. um, and the third thing is the use case. If there is really a use case where the adoption makes sense, where the added value is provided for the user, yes or no. And currently we see that um, in VR, the adoption is there, uh, coming actually from the direction of video games and even uh, even movies, VR yes. movies. Um, but these are somehow the drivers uh, for commercializing um, with reality. And the next question is from Isa asking, what is the size slash value of the ARVR market today and how big is it going to be in the years to come? Yeah. 
the VR market is set uh, in 2019, uh, it was about 12 billion US dollars, but it's expected to increase and then we really see the, the, the demand side, how fast it is increasing until, to the, um, and, until 2025 to increase up to 90 billion US dollars. So from 12 in 2019 to 90 in uh, 2025. 90 billion. Wow, that's that's huge. Wow. And the next question is from Emery asking, is the trend we are seeing now going to die once tourism restarts? Well, I think that, we, uh, that the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic issue is somehow um, it, the, the VR development is benefiting from the crisis. Mm. Because people just don't have the possibility to, to, to go out um, because of the lockdown. There is a huge demand uh, that we see currently in this kind of uh, headsets, VR headsets, due to the fact that people need to stay at home. So mm. um, this will be quite beneficial for, for the VR development. Um, so I see there is a huge potential even due to the corona crisis. Okay. And the next question is from Tia. It's actually very similar to the one I asked Albert earlier. The question is, do you think actual experiences and trips can be replaced by AR, VR in the future? Um, I think it is possible, but we need to really very carefully look into this kind of question. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is. It will not be the case that people really stay at home uh, and don't travel anymore. So mm. the substitution in this case will not be might not be real because people travel there for the experiences, for the different climate, for mm. the different food and stuff. So things which can't be stu uh, substituted by the reality. But I see there is a huge potential uh, in different scenarios if you are at the destination. So, for example, if um, a trip or whatever is too dangerous, then it might be the case that people don't don't travel there, don't walk there, don't do the tour on a mountain or on a volcano or somewhere in an area where it actually is dangerous. Because maybe also in, in, in your country, uh, wildlife, whatever, then mm -hmm. it might be too dangerous. Um, and this is why um, VR could substitute such trips or it could be the protection of specific areas. Mm -hmm. uh, what we already see in France, there are some caves with paintings, um, with wall paintings um, from uh, thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. And what we saw is that the humidity, if people walk into the caves, are somehow destroying the paintings. So what they did is they said, we need to protect, we need to preserve this kind of caves and the paintings in there. So tourists are not allowed to walk into there anymore. So this was the case where they said, you, you're not allowed to walk into there, but you get the kind of experience through VR. So they tried to protect somehow the area, and this is why they substituted it with VR. Mm -hmm. uh, and the third, uh, I think, very important um, issue is the question of accessibility and mobility. Mm -hmm. So handicapped people, um, they just don't have the possibility to, to walk or, or to visit certain places because they don't have the mobility uh, um, ability to, to do that. 
So in this case, I really see the potential that VR substitutes or can can help um, that those people get the experience. Um, or the fourth thing is that uh, a scenario where VR could substitute is um, if certain places don't exist anymore. Yes. So if you go to Pompeii or wherever, then uh, these areas just historical places don't exist anymore. And it could be a nice, uh, nice kind of experience to somehow rebuild the um, this experience to VR. And the last thing is if the reality is mixed with somehow fantasy world. Close to Munich, there is a, there are water parks um, and people can go snorkeling they are with VR devices uh, and see the under the or uh, the, the water world um, in VR while snorkeling. So I think that these are uh, all possibilities where VR has the potential to at least partly uh, substitute the the real experience. Okay, and you spoke about the mixed reality concept. I wanted to ask mm -hmm. you what is the distinction between AR, VR, and mixed reality actually because we tend to be confused yes um that's that's uh, actually a good question um because um what what mixed reality tries to do is uh it somehow tries to consolidate uh the vr and the augmented reality visualization um and provides the user with uh, a kind of interactivity while watching um, the, the scene. So it's a mixture between AR and VR. Um, I always bring the, the example of, let, let's take, you're in a room and you see, you see a table, okay? Mm -hmm. in, in virtual reality, um, you would see the table and probably what the AR device shows you is it shows you, I don't know, a, a cup of tea, whatever, yes. okay? Um, but if there is a table, then of course you could just see the upper surface, but not the surface under the table. Mm -hmm. um, and AR would not understand where is the physical table and where is the, the virtual cup of tea. So it couldn't place it somehow on the, on the upper surface of the table. And this is what VR does. It somehow understands the outline or the, the architecture of the room, of the real physical place, mm -hmm. and then is able to place the, the, uh, the virtually um, objects into the real place. So mm -hmm. you can somehow hide something behind a real place, okay, a real physical object, because it recognizes it. So it really mixtures and aligns the real and the physical world. And my last question that I received was, as tourism entrepreneurs, what are other ways to use or create VR, AR content for our clients? This is a tough question. And, uh, the, it's tough because um, what you are talking about is linked to so many other um, factors. Mm. Um, so we, I think this, quite, this kind of question needs to be part of a YouTube discussion. <laughs> um, and by by user discussion, I mean that um, I'll give you an example. Um, for example, it's about the distribution of content. Okay? It's not just how we produce the content. It's a question of do we have any platforms where we can really then distribute the kind of 
um, VR experience. Mm. Um, because it's not that we just upload it on, on YouTube and then we have maybe the possibility to watch it on our um, um, Oculus, uh, Oculus Gear, where we use our Samsung Galaxy smartphone, which we put into the Oculus Gear and then watch the YouTube video. Um, there are other platforms and maybe other platforms, especially for the travel industry, will come up where we then need to, to integrate our content. So I think a very important discussion will be everything about content distribution. Then the second thing is content creation, which is its own discussion by its own. Mm -hmm. So which kind of content are we actually producing? Um, there is a differentiation between modeled worlds and then 360 videos. Mm -hmm. What we are currently producing is 360 videos and not modeled worlds, because um, there we would need other technologies in order to capture the real world. But um, with the, the um, with 360 videos, uh, devices are getting really, really cheap right now in order mm -hmm. to, to do this kind of videos. Uh, I remember we did research and we started uh, producing our own videos with uh, 16, 16 GoPros linked together and we, need, we had to stitch all the, <laughs> the images and the videos from 16 um, GoPros to one 360 video now you have one little camera, which makes 5K videos, uh, and it's really easy to use. It costs probably 200 euros. So it's not the, the question is not to produce the content, I think so. Yeah, it's more on how to bring your content to the market. Thank you, Prof. Eger, for answering our listeners' questions. Emery, Tia, and the rest, I really hope you found the answers you are looking for. Please visit virtualrealityintourism.com. It's a project of the Salzburg University of Applied Science, uh, where Prof. Eger is actually a head of department, and it's a website focusing on virtual reality for the tourism industry. So that's it for today. The next episode will chat to Venetia Guino about business tourism and virtual events. In the meantime, don't forget to follow the show. And if you've got any suggestion or questions, please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Tourism Premier.